Communication skills are crucial for most professions, including graphic design. Just think about how much effort and time you can save if you understand what your client needs and clarify what you can deliver. Hi, I'm Martin Perhiniak, graphic designer, instructor and founder of Yes, I'm a Designer. We are teaching creative tools and techniques and provide inspiration to anyone interested in graphic design and illustration. In this episode, I will be joined by Shumi Pahiniak and Emily Melling to discuss why is it important for creatives to have good communication skills. This is the second part of a series in which we explore all the skills designers need. Last time we talked about organizational skills. This time we will talk about communication. And uh, first when we sat down to talk about generally the skills required for designers, we thought that this is on its own, it's just one single thing. But then once we started going deeper, we realized there's actually a lot of skills involved in to be good at communication as a designer and as a creative. Again, there will be things here applicable for everyone, but there will be also things more specific depending on what type of creative role you are in. But we will go through everything in more detail. So I think first and foremost, one of the most important things as a designer for everyone that applies to is uh, being able to take feedback Mm -hmm. and criticism. That's something that you have to learn and uh, it's from experience you will improve. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a couple of things we can talk about here that can help everyone when they start in the creative industry. So it's definitely something that's difficult. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think we all have stories about having problems Mm -hmm. on taking criticism. Mm -hmm. Can you guys think of anything useful to say about this? Yeah, for sure. The first time I went into like a professional role in the industry, I took a job as an art worker. And it's not a skill that comes massively naturally to me, but I was fresh out of university and wasn't actually aware that an art worker was a very different role to designer. Mm -hmm. I got on okay, but the first couple of weeks I found it difficult to adjust to the workload and then also then have to have constant meetings with my like senior designer where he would just be really honest Mm. Um, and in university you don't get that as much people kind of fluff things up for you but you just sit down and they're just like they just give you a list like this needs changing that needs changing this is wrong this is what have you done kind of thing and the the feedback can be quite harsh and Mm. it can be quite fast paced and when you fix the problem you sort of expect them to be like oh well done that's really great but actually instead they're just like well that's what you should have done expected (laughs) exactly and like getting used to that in an industry especially with creative work which you can take to heart you can take criticism to heart quite a lot because it's your work you've made it and it's difficult sometimes to accept that you're not always going to get it right first time so I think that was a big lesson that I learned and I'm still like learning all Mm. the time as well like in the work that I make now sometimes I still find myself getting too attached to it I think Mm. I think it's natural isn't it even you've been doing YouTube for like 10 years now if you get negative feedback it does upset you and you feel like oh why why wasn't it good enough and it's, Mm. it's 
everyone wants to feel appreciated everyone yeah. wants to feel like whatever they put in whether that be a design work or a youtube um, video or you know if you're artworking anything you just want to do your best and sometimes unfortunately especially in the creative industry it's natural to not nail it for the first time yeah. you will always need to improve it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad designer no. even established ones who's been doing it for years improve feedback yeah. is so important at the end of the day you're designing for a client mm -hmm. you have to nail it you have to you you are their hand and the brain behind their thoughts yeah so it's, it's natural to get feedback and get it wrong but i think as a designer we have to learn to take that on board and not take it to heart Absolutely. which is really hard isn't it yeah like the whole imposter syndrome oh mm -hmm. yeah that's it's the whole topic at the moment. yeah it's it's natural because people are now talking about it that you know sometimes they feel that they're not good enough mm -hmm. and they don't take feedback so well and it's, it's a mental issue now unfortunately mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so how do you overcome that that's it's hard but it comes through year, years of practice and just improving taking the feedback on board and trying to not take it to heart mm -hmm. yeah for sure like i think the best thing that i've like heard about recently or like looked to from like older designers people who have been in the industry like mm. 10 12 years and they've just said that like every time you get a piece of negative feedback it's just the journey to like nailing the project sure. that like at the end of the day if we all got everything right first time we'd all sort of be out of a job yeah because we'd be churning out work at such a rate but actually and you won't improve either no you would just keep to your own style what you know what you're good at you wouldn't yeah. challenge yourself to push further no exactly it's all just part of the process and so natural as a creative yeah i think on our because we have pro members as well uh, on our subscription and we give them personalized feedback on any work that they submit and uh, i i can see the improvement in the students work because they take our feedback on board and try mm. and improve their work so i think yeah. if you want to learn and grow as a designer it's essential to take any advice or any feedback you get from a client or a mentor if you are uh, looking up to someone mm -hmm. um yeah if you do take their feedback on board it will only help you grow yeah definitely and what you said about youtube i just wanted to touch on that a bit which is interesting that i heard this from many uh, creators that share their work and create videos that um, especially youtube comments can be extremely harsh mm -hmm. sometimes and I've learned to like accept there will be people that won't like what you're doing you can't publish anything that everyone will like yeah, generally yeah. uh, so there will always be people who don't like something in what you're saying what you're showing or the way you are showing it mm -hmm. so it's it's normal but what I found especially like not just myself but others are saying this as well that if you get uh, 10 comments out of which one is negative the others are po all positive mm -hmm. that one negative comment will really stick out will really affect you yeah. when people are saying oh this is great thank you for sharing it's nice but it doesn't affect you as much as when someone's pointing out weakness yeah. especially they if they are right sometimes mm -hmm. they can be just rude and those negative comments are easier to ignore if mm -hmm. they are just rude saying something but if they are actually saying something that you feel something that reinforces your imposter syndrome yeah mm -hmm. those are really painful and that can actually uh, completely 
like stop you doing things mm-hmm. if yeah. you're not strong enough and if you don't have a support system or something where you can talk about it because yeah. the worst thing usually is to try to fight back and mm-hmm. and say no it's not true don't be defensive yeah. yeah you can be just accepting and say like thank you for your feedback and be positive yeah. like even when someone's negative as long as they are not rude Mm-hmm. You can try to converse and and take it further and maybe learn more from what they think can be done mm-hmm. to improve. It doesn't only apply to to YouTube comments for general feedback. Mm-hmm. When something is negative but constructive at the same time, meaning that they point at something that's weak but they say something like I think you should use this or I think you should do that. Those are actually the most useful comments. Definitely. I would say 10 times more useful than someone just telling you, "Oh, this is great. Well done." That's nice, kind, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually help you to grow and to improve. Yeah. So always think of yourself as some someone who needs to improve and get better at what you're doing. So getting actually negative but constructive criticism, that's like uh, the most valuable thing you can get. That should be one of the main reasons why you're sharing your work online. Yeah. So we will go into talking about uh, social media in another series here on the podcast. So we will talk about more why sharing your work is important and how to share it. But uh, generally I would say that's one of the main reasons you should share your work to get feedback. Yeah, I think it's sort of like looking at it as like an opportunity. So like a lot of things with designers is it is a lot about the frame of mind you look at something with. So instead of seeing it as this piece of criticism that's so bad and it's going to negatively impact you, it's just an opportunity to improve your work just like everybody else is trying to do at the same time. So apart from taking feedback and criticism i think there's a couple of other things that still counts as communication skills mm-hmm. and one of these mainly applies if you work in a team mm-hmm. so if you are part of a team or you're joining a team uh, of creatives it will be quite common that you would have to do brainstorming yeah. coming up with ideas and the different roles i've been in in the past like each team would work in a different way so sometimes brainstorming would mean that everyone's sketching out ideas and then sharing and talking about it or literally just sitting down and talking and I'm making notes. notes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what you need to be prepared to do especially if you're joining a team to be able to think freely because mm-hmm. for brainstorming i think the most important thing is that and that should be like the the setup that nothing is wrong yeah. mm-hmm. like any silly ideas you should share whatever comes to your mind first because sometimes the most strangest ideas okay. might actually end up being the one used yeah or at least implemented in a way yeah you sort of uh, with brainstorming you sort of want to think as big as possible and like you say maybe as out of the box as possible mm. and then you work backwards towards what's actually plausible mm. i think it's really hard though sometimes especially if you are new to the industry or if you're first starting your design job you can't shy away or you probably don't have that confidence to speak up. When I first had my design job, obviously being a self-taught designer, I felt I was out of my comfort zone anyway. I didn't have the you know, the degree, whatever experience. So I, I felt naturally quite nervous that I'm never good enough. And mm. especially I was amongst teams of senior designers who's been designing for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. So naturally I didn't feel as confident. So when you are starting out, it's something that you will probably shy away from. But 
eventually you will once you are in a team and you feel a bit more comfortable confident you'll come out of your shell better mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. yeah it's normal not to uh, have that skill you build it up over the years mm-hmm. it happened to you as well didn't it, emily yeah yeah absolutely like so i still sometimes like i'm kind of towards the beginning of my career and like even now sometimes i still feel nervous about coming forward with ideas even in my own work it sounds but even mm-hmm. when i'm thinking about my own work and brainstorming for my own ideas sometimes i really doubt myself like is that good or is it bad yeah. and i have to talk about it with someone else close to me or with you guys to be able to help me kind of get that confidence up so i completely relate to how you yeah. felt um even like now a couple of years into my career you know you still get that yeah that fear i think it's natural to feel like self-doubt you feel like you're not creative enough or you think am i a fraud am i really a designer designers minds crazy you you always self-doubt and it's, it's natural to feel like your ideas are not good enough but as you said earlier on any ideas it doesn't mean it's right or wrong it can lead to other ideas developing and i think this leads into another uh, important skill and ability to be able to say no yeah uh, mm-hmm. especially for freelancers when you work with a client or let's say it's a new client and uh, they approach you and they ask you to do something it can happen that you can already tell from the get go that this project is not really for you mm-hmm. or maybe you feel like you won't be able to work with the client based on the brief and based on their approach mm-hmm. um so to obviously get to that point that you can say no first of all you have to feel like you are financially okay and you can say no and you can focus on other work to do so not everyone is fortunate enough to get to that point but even in the beginning when you're still not 100% with your finance and you have to still like almost take on every work or job that you mm. can get even then it's good to start thinking about this it will really help you the further you go in your career because if you can say no to projects that you feel like you are not interested in or you don't want to go down doing um then you will get better at the things that you actually like doing yeah. or you feel like is your niche and the direction you want to go to i think is you can apply the same method when you're looking for work when you're looking for a design job so you won't necessarily apply to every single graphic design job available you look at the company you look at the brand you will mm-hmm. if you get a, get into uh, an interview stage you will meet the team you might have a design brief test jobs so these are all great paths to finding out if that company is right for you mm-hmm. so yes i think learning to say no and being confident in your decision is really important in the creative industry otherwise you want if you are taking on a job you don't like it will show in your work yeah i think that's a really good point that if you're working on a project that you don't feel like you're comfortable with you're not going to produce your best work mm. and then that is going to affect your confidence yes and then we're going back to sort of talking about ideas and you start to doubt yourself and your It's ideas yeah yeah but actually just being able to say no in the first place and actually moving forward and then taking on a different project that's right for you you'll end up making work that you really like and then you'll have more confidence in your ideas moving forward and then you sort of gain a momentum yeah it's it's okay also if you work in a team and you know you're assigned to a particular project it's okay to say to your boss you know I actually don't feel comfortable in this project I might need some extra help 
I might need your assistance. It's it's okay mm-hmm. to say how you feel. Yes. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do is you know take on a project and get stressed by it and, and not speak up. Not speak up, and you just won't enjoy yourself, and it will really affect your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think the example of a portfolio, how what to include in a portfolio, is also useful to mention here. We always tell people like we do these portfolio reviews often, mm-hmm. and uh, when we look at people's work, it's common that they would put all kinds of things in there, trying to show the variety of work that they can do and mm. that they worked on. But sometimes that's actually a disadvantage in a portfolio because first of all, you as a client or you as an employer won't be able to tell what this person is actually good at or what they are skilled at mm-hmm. because they try to show everything. But most importantly, if you include all kinds of work in your portfolio, even things that you've done and you are not really interested in doing anymore, mm-hmm. you might get more offers on those type of jobs yeah. And then again, you are just stuck in the same thing. Again, you probably won't say no, and then it just Mm -hmm. keeps going on. So filtering out the work you include in your portfolio is already a way of saying no. You remove projects that you've done, and maybe you are even like proud of them, but you know that you wouldn't want to do them again or similar Mm -hmm. jobs you don't want to do again. Get rid of them. It's, It's painful, but it's the way forward already saying no. Yeah, yeah. To that's a really good work. point. Yeah, you will probably, if you go into like a, a website of a very established artist, you will probably see like probably 10 projects because they only showcase the best work, the recent work, the most popular work they've enjoyed doing. But they've had years of experience that they haven't put up, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're not doing that's all the yeah. work that they've yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the best piece is the best way forward. Yeah. yeah. Even like the example of if you think about famous artists, like the ones that let's say Picasso, you wouldn't see all his yeah. work. You probably yeah. know of some of his work, mm-hmm. uh, his best work or most noticeable or known work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've done so much more yeah. work than yeah. that, which was experimentation, trying different things. So that that's how you should feel like as a creative as well, that you really need to showcase your best work and the ones that you want to continue doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That applies mainly for freelancers, but you can also be maybe working remotely, but being part of a team. So we talked about brainstorming is useful if you're in a team, in-house. The other side of it is when you're working remotely, mm-hmm. but in a team. Yeah. In these situations, because we work remotely as well, mm-hmm. uh, I find that the most useful tool for this setup mm-hmm. is Slack. Yeah. It's much better than using emails. Yeah. Slack, whoever is not familiar with it, is um, a tool that's similar to like uh, a chat application, messaging service. messaging yeah. service, which is simplifying communication within a team. And you can create channels, which can be a project, and then everyone can discuss whoever is involved in that project, mm-hmm. uh, their progress and talk about what needs to be done. You can also do video chats, share your screens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Slack is actually, the, the word itself, I think, means downtime. I think originally the word Slack. Mm-hmm. Emily, you might might know the I origin of this one. like a loser, someone who's... Slacking. I think it's um, if you're slacking off, yeah, you're like shirking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So slack is, I think, technically, is the, it's a term that they used to call for time, uh, which is like Wasted. a buffer. Mm-hmm. There, let's say you you have an hour to do something, but then there's around ten minutes 
calculated in the time, to which cycle. is the, the, the buffer that there might be something coming up. Maybe you will get a call or something and that needs to be that 10 minutes time counted as extra. Yeah, yeah that makes sense because um, I think it's the same with you can get like slack on like a rope. Mm-hmm. And you have that extra bit of rope just yeah. in case. So actually, yeah, I think you're right. So it's an interesting. It's a good name, though. Good brand. Very good mm-hmm. name that they chose, and um, I I can highly recommend it to anyone who's working remotely. Even if you are, let's say, um, freelancer working part time remotely for a company, if they are not on Slack already, it might be a good tool to recommend mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Are you guys using Slack? Uh, you can actually start using it for free. Yep. Uh, and only when you start to have a lot of members in it and you want to make sure everything is kept and saved, the mm-hmm. history of all the conversations, then that's when you have to start paying for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are not uh, promoting no, any no, tools. These are just recommendations that we found useful in our own workflow. Yeah, for sure. And it's great because Slack can be used for like if there's a team of like two of you or if there's a team of like 22 of you that's yeah. what's great and still you can get started for free as well which is really cool so yeah I, I like the fact that you can work and invite clients on a channel again as you said it would reduce time of uh, sharing things via email because email threads can be quite difficult to keep a track of mm. and once you're on an email you can spend a whole day there yeah like, you just literally can waste your time emails yeah for sure there's also like no chance that you're accidentally going to forward the wrong thing to the client yeah and not to your colleague which yeah. i'm always really conscious and worried about if i'm on an email thread and the client's talking but you're also talking amongst yourselves there's always that fear in you that you're going to end up sending in-house feedback to a, like a customer or a client yeah mm-hmm. um which on Slack, that's sort of eradicated. It's very easy to navigate and use. The user mm. experience is great. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think as a, as a last uh, set of uh, skills when it comes to communication mm-hmm. is when you actually have to stand up and talk. Now, that, not, that might not be necessary for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about public speaking. It can be useful if you need to present to a client or even to a team. Mm-hmm. Or like if you're an agency, you would have to yeah. have that skill. When I was at university studying product design, we had to do presentations. So everyone had to be able to stand up and present mm-hmm. a project to the teachers and then also the other students. Mm-hmm. And I found it really useful but I always enjoyed speaking anyway. Yeah. So when I when we were grouped together with, with others, my classmates, I was always the one that everyone said, like, okay, you should do the presentation because they knew I, I enjoy standing out, standing up and speaking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I always told them, no, you should do it as well. Not all, not always me because I knew how important it is. So mm-hmm. I encourage my friends to learn and get confident in in being able to explain even if it's just you and your client when you are presenting the work Mm -hmm. even if it's not face to face whether it's an email or Mm -hmm. a skype call it is important to have that ability to explain why you've done things yes basically just say say why everything is the way it is I know it's a really good skill, but I don't think it's like a must. So if no, you don't no, feel no. like a confident, if you're a designer and you don't feel confident in pitching and, you know, public speaking, it's okay. Because I, I, I personally hate it and I, I would always shy away from public speaking. And if it, if it came to pitching, I would get my senior designers to pitch. It's, it's okay to not have the skills 
over time it, it's just as you get older as you have a bit more experience it naturally you can improve mm-hmm. but it's okay not to like have it you, you you know don't be disheartened now saying oh my god i can't speak publicly yeah no it's, no it's okay yeah it doesn't <laughs> apply to anyone and uh, as i said it's useful like these are the skills that can be useful but and these can all be improved as well yeah. so mm-hmm. if you feel like you are sh- shy you can't speak in front of people it's fine it's not going to be asked from you in most roles mm-hmm. but if you work on it and you improve it it will help you in the creative industry and it does help i feel like personally i've improved because i'm when i do talk about something is something that i'm passionate about or something i'm really interested in when i was in my earlier in my career or when i was at uni i was usually doing presentation on topics i had no interest in at all and uh, mm-hmm. it showed in my presentation i just did not have any confidence in that topic mm-hmm. yeah for sure like particularly this skill in general is one that it's not necessary but what's quite cool about the creative industry is that it's one you can choose to pursue yeah. if you want as a mm. designer so like as a designer you can go to conferences and you can go to even creative meetups or networking yeah. events and you can speak publicly about design if you choose to and it's really useful in your job role if you want to kind of learn about it and and get better at it but like as you say it's not essential and you shouldn't feel pressured yeah because a lot of creatives are introverts and uh, or like they're they're so into the whole design aspect of it that sometimes they can shy away and i just want to say that it's okay if you don't have the skill you will improve naturally over the years as you become more confident in your work but there are also designers like you guys you guys are great at public speaking and you do a lot of events and stuff and it's it's good but it's okay if you are an introvert and you shy away from it it's not the end of the world it doesn't mean you can't become a designer no yeah. not at all yeah sim- i think similar to public speaking is when it comes to networking yeah and again that's more for freelancers it can be very hard to do if you're shy and if you're not confident and if you don't like actually meeting people. strangers <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah you don't like people general. in general yes uh, again you can you can get away without doing any networking because you can do that online these days you can yeah. share your work and you will be found by clients without actually going and doing networking so it's not a must it's again just an optional useful thing to be able to do if you mm-hmm. if you're good at approaching people in a networking yeah. event or get to know people on conferences it can be useful especially if you are a, you know a one man band you know mm-hmm. you work for yourself at home it's nice to just get away and meet meet similar minded people mm-hmm. but i think there are like lots of networking etiquettes that you should follow like try not sell your service immediately just build yep. a friendship and just be just go there for the intention of just making friends yep and meeting new people yeah. instead of going there with the mindset that like what value am i going to get out yeah. of this yeah. you need to sort of think of it more as like a community space where you're going to be able to bounce ideas off of people with like a similar mindset yeah mm-hmm. that's exactly how you met martin you yeah. both went to an event and uh, obviously we moved down to bournemouth to meet other like-minded creatives and then you you know you guys happen to meet and now mm. you know you're working here yeah so you know opportunities can develop but don't go to an event to find opportunities uh, that's a really good piece of advice yeah so, go with an open mind then. yeah if you want to just meet people and just see the industry see the trends or anything that you're interested in it's okay to go to this event and meet similar minded creatives Mm-hmm. and also don't feel bad if you don't talk to anyone it's not like you must 
talk yeah. to people mm-hmm. even if you are there that's already one step you are, yeah you're already especially if you are shy mm-hmm. uh, so if you leave an event networking event or a conference without actually properly talking or exchanging business cards with people don't feel bad about it no you've been there next time you might find people that you feel confident in talking again it's a process and it depends on the event you know if you're going to a really busy bar and everyone's like just having drinks and it's really noisy naturally you might feel a bit more difficult or that might be your sort of environment Mm -hmm. it depends what you like like personally i love going to trade shows and expos that's my sort of things i love seeing stands and I i like the whole design aspect whereas i'll probably avoid a really busy bar because i can't like talk about normal things then when i'm yeah can have a dj blasting in loud music mm-hmm. it's just you have to find a networking event that suits you yeah and yeah. your interest yeah for sure yeah that's a very good point so it's worth exploring i think like facebook events and groups mm-hmm. are good to keep an eye and on like meetups meet is good mm. and like i don't know if they do any more like dribble meetups behance meetups these are great uh, opportunities to meet other designers. Yeah. Yeah, I've found some really good events on like Eventbrite as well. Just yes. keeping an That's eye on one. that. Just search your local areas. Actually, how I found out about the networking event that we met, Open Source, I think it was called. I wouldn't have even known about it if I hadn't just gone and done a little bit of yeah. research online about what was going on in Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. These will all be on the blog post so you can the find a thorough list from Emily. <laughs> cool. Yes, yes. I think last but not least, uh, which still counts as communication skill, would be copywriting. Mm-hmm. Now, copywriting is obviously a job on its own. Yeah. But as a designer or creative, it is definitely useful to have the ability to write about things. Uh, even if it's in a basic form, it doesn't have to be like amazing copy, something that would end up being on billboards. But to have that skill of even just to create the foundation of the message of a promotion or, or a blog post, mm-hmm. something like that can be very useful. And it's being versatile in the skill set that you have. This can be a very useful addition. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, definitely. And I know a lot of creatives also, aside from um, working in a like a project where you're marketing a product there are also designers who uh, sell things like a poster or make their own t-shirts yeah and that's when your own copywriting skills can really advantage to your design like with your postcards yeah so you Mm. have to come up with something witty something playful Mm. something engaging Mm -hmm. so having that sense of creativity by writing will get you a lot further in your career yeah and like you emily you you always like copywriting and you find mm-hmm. it it's a it's a creative job to do so it's yeah mm-hmm. especially when you have to write about things that you feel interested in and then yeah. there's things that you you can say about it yeah for sure like i think what's really interesting for me is that especially in a design sense like people talk about brand and brand identity and you immediately think visually when actually like the visual side of things is incredibly important but you have to establish like a brand tone of voice Mm. in your copywriting Mm. and that's becoming more and more prominent in the industry and like the way that your visual brand works alongside your written copy is incredibly important so like as a designer it's good to be aware of copywriting because you're probably going to have to work with them or even write your own Mm -hmm. i know like obviously yes we're constantly working on like how we write and visually communicate with our with our audience and like 
again, we mentioned Slack earlier, and Slack is a great example of a company that really nailed their copy, mm. and it really worked with their visual identity as well. Like they're very playful, very fun, not too business driven, but they're still professional. Um, they've always been like a company that I've kind of like looked to in terms mm. of like yeah. the the quality of their writing. So yeah. it's really worth, you know. It, again, it's not one of those things like it's not entirely essential to be a designer, but especially in our like modern industry. It, it seems like it's becoming more and more important. I, I think it's, it's an essential skill. It's, it's something that will uh, help you f- along your career. And uh, there are designers uh, like Emily. You're 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 doing both. You know, you yeah. do a, you're a copywriter as well as a designer. And uh, I think it's it's a really a good combination. Combination which which a lot of companies would would actually like to have someone like that that yeah. can do a bit of both. Cool. So I think that wraps up this topic. Mm-hmm. So we talked about communication. Next time we will talk about something more obvious, the creative skills. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, thanks a lot for sharing your thoughts, guys. Cool. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, guys. I hope you found this episode of Yes, I'm a Designer podcast useful and will motivate you to keep on learning whatever you decide to master. Subscribe to our newsletter if you want to be notified about our latest projects and receive weekly doses of inspiration and insight into the creative industry. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube and watch our weekly videos released every Monday and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and Pinterest. Don't forget to send us an email to info at yesimadesigner.com if you have anything to share or say about this episode or if you want to propose future topics for us to cover in the podcast. If you want to start learning from us, we recommend to join our pro membership, which will give you access to all of our courses and a lot of premium features like getting personalized reviews of your submitted designs. You can find links in the description to all of our platforms and everything else related to the things we talked about in this show. Thanks a lot for listening and have fun learning.